Good morning, gang. How are you? Good to be here with you on this Tuesday morning again to continue on in our uh, devotional series through 2 Corinthians. We're still in chapter 1 today. Unfortunately, I'm a little late today because I woke up with a sore throat and was feeling a little under the weather, and so I was sort of waffling back and forth about whether I was going to come in and whether I was going to spend some time doing this this morning. Ultimately, I decided that I should and that I would, and so here here I am. Uh, so last week, if you remember, we talked a little bit about, uh, well, Paul just sort of began defending his ministry. Um, we talked about the fact that uh, throughout the Corinthian church, really a narrative had developed that said Paul was, was too weak uh, to be an apostle, that he was too poor of a speaker, uh, to be an apostle, that he was actually a flip-flopper because he was seen as harsh in his letters to them, but gentle in person. And this became uh, cause for accusations against Paul and suspicions about Paul. And in our particular passage today, Paul is responding to the Corinthian church's frustration with him over a canceled trip to their church. Good morning, Bonnie and Barbara and Chris. And so so Paul is going to try and sort of defend himself and uh, especially defend himself against these, you know, rumor mongers and these uh, what are known as super apostles that have invaded the church uh, that are trying to undermine his authority. And so let's go ahead and read the passage together. It's first, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 12 through 2, 4. He says this, For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience that we have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. For we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us as we will boast of you. Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillated when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love 
that I have for you. End of reading. Well, if there's one thing you can certainly see in this passage and something that we mentioned, I think, last week a little bit, Paul wears his heart on his sleeve in this letter. Uh, You can clearly see that he's hurt throughout the letter, especially when you get into later chapters as he defends himself against these supposed super apostles. Uh, It's just, I think it's so, side note, I think it's so ridiculous that we still have this problem today. (laughs) The same type thing, you know, like the the super apostle type character. I mean, just even that title. Good night. Who, Who comes up with that lack of creativity? I know what we'll call ourselves. We're the super apostles. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it still goes on today, and there's this one-upmanship, and, you know, the the competition between people in the ministry is so, so lame. And so, so Paul today, in the passage, is going to spend the time defending the characteristics of his ministry, uh, the decisions of his ministry, and finally, I would say, the compassion of his ministry. So let's go over those three areas as we drag them out of the text again, okay? Uh, First of all, the characteristics of Paul's ministry you can find in verses 12 uh, through 14. He says, first, for our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience. Now, his first proof here of apostleship that he appeals to in this letter is, is his conscience. And by doing this, he's appealing to them to trust him because after all, how can they know whether he's really telling the truth or not? All those who minister in positions of authority, like an apostle would, like a pastor would, like a deacon would, anybody who's been given the responsibility of holding an office in the church, really ought to be able to say the same thing first and foremost. You know, you can trust me. My my conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. I can sleep good at night because of what I'm telling you is, in fact, true. Uh, One of the reasons Luther gave for his inability to recant at the Diet of Worms when they asked him to basically turn his back on everything he had written is he said famously, I cannot, it is not wise to go against, of course, yes, Scripture, but also my conscience. Now, why would that be so important? Well, part of the reason that's important is because the Bible says that all that is not done in faith is sin. And so it's been... That's the, To go against uh, your conscience has been seen as synonymous with that. Uh, to go against what you know or what your conscience is telling you. And so Paul says, you know, I'm, my conscience is clear, guys. I'm telling the truth here. The second thing he uses as a characteristic of his ministry to defend himself is, is simplicity. That's the word that he uses here. Now, throughout Paul's ministry, he, he really does make much of the fact that he does not demand pay. As a matter of fact, a little later on in this letter, he'll, he'll talk about that again. And, and frankly, it, it's often used by him as an argument for his commitment to the gospel. Now, there is an alternate reading here that has the word holiness instead of simplicity. And if that word is the case, well, then Paul is essentially appealing to his integrity. But I think when he says simplicity here, I think part of his defense is, listen, what do I have to gain? I'm not getting paid the big bucks here, guys. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm doing a lot of suffering for you guys. What do you think the benefit is for me here, except that I really do just want to be sincere in my ministry of the gospel? It seems to be Paul's argument, because the very next thing he mentions is, in fact, godly sincerity. 
Paul has been real and honest with the Corinthians from the beginning, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God. Paul and the rest of his crew that he mentions here do not work among the people of Corinth or didn't work among them as, you know, some crafty business businessmen or salesmen. You know, they weren't they weren't pitching a bill of goods, you know, they weren't getting prosperous on this, but they were doing this by the strength that the Lord had given them. So they weren't uh, you know, Paul is knocked for this in his ministry, that he's just not very smooth. <laughs> he's not very slick. And that actually works to his advantage in defending himself, you know. Um, and there's some truth to that today. You ever hear somebody that just sounds like they're too polished and you're like, mm, there's something about, it just sounds too good to me. Um, <laughs> I know I have been, maybe I'm just more cynical, but I, whenever I hear somebody so polished, I'm like, I don't, there's, I feel less safe that way. But anyhow, so Paul's motivations are, are based on the fact that they, um, that they will boast in him on the last day and he will boast in them. That's what he says. In other words, he, he knows that he will give an account before God for his ministry. And so he wants, I mean, that's a big deal for Paul. He's like, listen, I, I'm going to be presenting. God's going to be showing me what he's done through me. And I don't, I don't want to take that for granted. I don't want the sheep to be hurt under my care as a shepherd to them. And so all this to say, if we're going to seek to sort of apply this, you know, to our lives, and I'm not always big on, um, on application. I think you can get into a lot of trouble doing too much application in sermons, as many of you watching this know all too well. But for a pastor or somebody in the ministry of any sort of position, it it is a good thing to be able to appeal to characteristics like this, that your care and your love for the sheep and and your sincerity and the fact that you're you know you're not getting rich off their backs and that sort of thing, at least you know as a way of saying I'm here for you guys like Paul is saying here. So that leads Paul then to uh, the decisions of his ministry. Like why did he do what he did? Why did he decide uh, to not go? to Corinth, because that seems to be the heart of the complaint in this first chapter. Well, he explained in verses 15, it wasn't because he didn't want to see them. I won't read it again, but it wasn't because he didn't want to see them. He, he loves them. He makes that clear. And it wasn't because he was acting like, uh, you know, a Californian. I can say that because I'm a Californian. He wasn't wishy-washy. He makes that very clear in verses 17 through 22. He's not yes and no. You know, he's not going back and forth. It's not because he's non-committal. I mean, he he's sincere. He he means it. Um, so why? What is it? Um, well, I think Paul Paul seems to say that the reason he doesn't go into Corinth again is because he knows it's going to be a really, really hard meeting and he doesn't want to cause them pain. He just does. I mean, I, I love this because I feel like it's such an, it's such an honest thing. He's like, you want to know the real reason I didn't come guys? Because there's a lot, there's a big mess there in, in the church in Corinth. You guys are being dragged away by super apostles and I love you a lot. And I, I don't, I don't want to say hurtful things to you. I don't want to be, I don't want to have a visit where all we do is, is bicker and fight over what you guys are doing and, and dividing. He says, so I, I don't, you know, that was my reasoning. It wasn't because 
I was afraid. It wasn't because I didn't love you. It's not because I didn't care. That's abundantly clear. But he, he doesn't want to cause them pain. And I got to say, just, I mean, being in ministry now for, you know, 12 plus years, um, <laughs> there is a lot to this as a pastor. Like, I think, I think a pastor who, like, enjoys confrontation is a, I'm going to be careful here. You shouldn't enjoy it, man. It should, <laughs> it's not something to be, it's something that's necessary, but gosh, it's painful. And you don't want to go through that with folks when you see people heading down a path that you know is hurting them. I mean, the Corinthians are heading down a path that Paul knows is hurting them. And he's just, it's too painful. It's too painful. And so you, you can see that in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 2. And that's a really big deal for him. So let's put all this together to wrap up. Paul seeks to minister with simplicity, with sincerity, with God's power, with God's direction, with dependability, and then finally with compassion and tenderness. He's not looking for a fight. He's not looking to, to be, you know, um, domineering. He talks against that in other parts of his letters. But he's looking to shepherd them and to defend his ministry. He, he appeals to how he actually has served them. And... My hope and my prayer for me as a pastor and for anybody who is in ministry is that we would be able to, if accusations were to come our way or if, um, you know, there would be problems that we would be able to appeal to the same sorts of things that Paul does here, uh, that we would love the sheep and care for the sheep and that no matter what, they would absolutely know it. So, all right, gang, that's it for today. Next week, we'll get into stuff that has more to do with the overall church. Today was a very personal, heart-on-a-sleeve moment for Paul. Next week, we'll get into some of uh, what we're going to talk about forgiveness. And specifically, it seems to be the person in the letter of 1 Corinthians that was having an affair with his stepmom wants back into the church now after he's been disciplined. What's Paul's response to that? We'll see. All right. Have a great week. God bless you.